you know, and in society, we celebrate this hatred towards men as female empowerment, but it's not. But everything I Googled on loving and celebrating men was either how men could love and celebrate women, or it was porn. You know, it was like, there was no real love and celebration of men. But, oh, well, a man can't be raped because he has, he has to have an erection to be raped. First of all, the window, an erection does not equate to consent. And the reality is men are dealing with domestic violence and sometimes at a at just a very high, high level. And the, the, And we're not even getting the full statistics yet because not all men are coming forward. People incorrectly think that porn is going to juice up their sexuality. No, it's going to kill the sexuality. I'm a survivor of covert sex trafficking that is incorrectly called sex work. Um, There's no such thing as a sex industry. It's, It's covert sex trafficking. Welcome to Better Yourself Podcast, your boyfriend Christ. And today I have a special guest. I had her before actually to one of my show. Her name is Crystal Denise. She lives in New York. She's a self-coach. She's also a transformational speaker and a dream facilitator. So she actually do a lot of things. And I like a lot of things that she actually she's doing. And today as a topic, we're going to talk about self-love and celebrating men as well. She actually have a interesting story that we actually gonna she gonna share with us today so before we start just introduce yourself and let us know who you are so i am as you know as he stated i'm a self-love coach transformational speaker and dream facilitator and i'm here in new york city and i'm a single mom and yeah so i also i have a youtube channel and that's where which is called Open Hearts Unite, which is a conversation I created on sovereignty, you know, life, celebration, and and so much more. And so one of the series that I do there is called Loving and Celebrating Men. I've been a human rights advocate for over 20 years. And so that included, you know, uh, all human rights, which included men's human rights issues. So I've spoken on that and I've been in the documentary, The Red Pill Movie. And so yeah, so one of the series that I have on Open Hearts Unites is Loving and Celebrating Men, which is my Me Too story of healing and yeah. how I began to heal by challenging my perception of men and healing my perception of men. Okay, so what happened to you to actually start thinking that way? If you have to start about, you know, the way you see men. Sure. So I am a survivor, you know, of I'm a survivor of covert sex trafficking that is incorrectly called sex work. Um, there's okay. no such thing as a sex industry. It's it's covert sex trafficking. And we have an entire system, a whole reality that's set up to coerce people into it and to pretend it's a celebration of sexuality, which it's not. It's actually a flashy form of sexual avoidance, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, so I am a survivor, like I shared, and so of, you know, multiple multiple things that that occurred and so from those experiences and from you know the being in the covert trafficking industry i just my view of men became very warped because of all the things that i experienced so i just started to project onto all of men everything that had happened to me from you know the experiences that I had. And being in the covert industry was pretty much like perpetual violations, perpetual 
perpetually being sexually violated. So it, it marred and really warped my view of men. Because the thing is, most of the time, um, what happened most of the time is when people actually experience what you experience, the view of men actually change, but in a negative way, like whatever happened, you're always going to see men yes. as evil and everything. So I'm quite surprised how, because in that industry, I men did, are, I men's did are very powerful, way. actually. Yeah. Because men are very I, powerful. I did live that way. Oh, you did? Yeah, you I, actually, I did way. live that way. Oh, yeah. you did? Actually, no, I don't, but I okay. did. Okay. Yeah, I spent uh, many years actually hating men. All right. That was my view of men. Everything that I experienced, I, you know, and then I started to challenge my perception of men, you know, as my life started to slowly shift and I started to challenge, I started to recognize the way men were spoken about in society. And I didn't like that, but I still didn't see that I was a part of that. I didn't see, I couldn't see my, you know, my own perspective. It was, I still wasn't able to. So I started to go down this conversation. I, because I didn't like the negative talk of men in society, once I started to challenge and started to do the work to want to heal yeah. uh, my, my view of men. And so I, I created a Facebook page at the time that was called Loving and Celebrating Men. And I started to Google like, okay, maybe I can put some articles on there because I wanted to create a book. But I was like, well, until the book's done, I still want to have this conversation because I think it's important. But everything I Googled on loving and celebrating men was either how men could love and celebrate women or it was porn. You know, it was like there was no real love and celebration of men. Yeah. So I started to have the conversation and it really challenged me as I started to research and look because I, I just kept digging, trying to find my way through this. And I started to, you know, that I found the conversation on men's human rights issues and I started to like ask about that and, and get related with that. And at first I was very like confrontational about it because it was not something I ever really knew about. And mm. there was still a part of me that was like resistant of it. But the more I started to listen to male survivors and, and male victims and men's coming forward and speaking with what they were suffering, it started to challenge how I viewed men as a whole. And then I, the more I started to hear men come forward and talking about their own domestic violence issues and how they were abused by women and how they had been, you know, there were many men who had been raped by women and the, you know, yeah, I think something that we don't, uh, so it, people don't talk about it. Like, talk about. like even when the we, thing is, even when you say yeah. men's being raped by a woman, like for a lot of people be like, really rape? Like, how can you be raped mm -hmm. by a woman? Yeah. Yeah. And so we still have, we still have a massive blindness on men. And the thing is people think that, oh, well, a man can't be raped because he has, he has to have an erection to be raped. First of all, that conversation on itself, it, it just completely throws men's consent out the window. An erection does not equate to consent. So yeah. people can't just say, oh, he, he has an erection. That means he wants to have sex. No, there are many reasons a man can get an erection. Also an erection can be forced there's friction. And people try to say, oh, that's not possible. Actually, it is possible. The body can't stop what friction is creating. Just like when there are female rape vic victims who are violently raped and they have orgasms and then they're messed up over it because they think, was I raped because I had an orgasm? Just because a woman is raped, uh, has an orgasm doesn't mean that she wasn't raped. It's friction. She can't 
help that. Yeah, because there's like stimulation as well. So it's like right, exactly. So anything can be forced, you know. And so, also people think, oh well, women are just smaller than men and all of that. First of all, that's not always the case. But even when it is, there's so many different ways where men are put in compromised uh, positions. Uh, a man can be tied up. A man could be blackmailed. Uh, a man yeah. could be so psychologically broken down that and gaslighted that he doesn't even understand what is going on, that he's being violated by someone. He could be so completely battered and psychologically abused that he could be taken advantage of. So there's so many different dynamics. And uh, Slate, I believe it was, and I can send you the link to this too. Yeah, sure. Slate did a uh, uh, study and statistically found that 46% of men who had been sexually violated had been sexually violated by women. That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. So there's, the thing there's is the way a, society, I, I, sorry, the way society is built, right? We don't really, they don't, we, don't, we don't talk about it that sense because we say society, men's actually rule the world, right? We're actually the one in power and everything. And women, they always come across as victim. You guys want like equality, you want things to be right. And at the same time, I think you can, you have a, you still have a power that we actually don't have. You know, I think men, when it comes to power, is more like money wise, people are in power, like, you know, powerful people, rich people. That's when they actually kind of invincible that, you know, they control everything. Before everyday man, like on the street, like everyday guys today, I think that's when you actually can see the difference between like mm -hmm. a man and a woman because a woman can, she can be a victim. Of course, there's a lot of victims. She can be a victim, but she can express herself and people are going to believe her story. But a man, like yeah. one, a man, when yeah. you come around, talk about something is like, they just sometimes it's right. going to take it as a joke. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Like the conversation on men's human rights issues is coming forward more and more, but it still yeah. has a long way to go. Like a lot of people are still struggling with realizing that men have human rights needs. You know, meanwhile, in the United States, we only have one domestic violence shelter that's for men. And the reality is men are dealing with domestic violence and sometimes at a at just a very high, high level. And, the, the, and we're not even getting the full statistics yet because not all men are coming forward. So with the statistics we have so far, it's already troubling, but there, I think it was, yeah, well, yeah. So that was, that was a very important part for me to start to get related. And I was like, oh, well, I realized that men were suffering and men were dealing with these issues. And even if, you know, whatever it looked like, it didn't have to be exactly the same, but men were dealing with violations as well. We're dealing with, we're suffering from these things as well. And it helped me not feel so alone. It helped me realize that you know, all, as survivors, we're all in this together, you know, standing up to the corruption and the abusers and all of that. And so that was really, that was really important for me and impactful for me because it, I began to challenge everything that I had been taught and everything that I, that I had learned through trauma. I think now I actually understood the point because you was in an industry where women are very, you know, abused, right? And you was against it, of course, and you felt like men's are the one actually, you know, ruling the organization and using women. And you felt like you felt like a victim. You felt like a man was like, you know, the one doing everything, you know, the, the one to blame. And you just found out 
you as a victim, you just found out there's other victims as well, but who actually means. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't yeah. express themselves. They couldn't actually have a voice that you actually had. And I think that way you actually change the perspective you know, of, you know, the society, the way things work. And now you, yeah, you, definitely. you, you blame the industry, but you actually don't blame, you know, like people's sexuality based on that. It's like, it's an organization, yes. of course, the organization is run by people, but you, you don't put that just in men in general. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I apologize for the... <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I can always... Um, yeah. So... Um, so is yeah. it is it causing like how how do you did, did you help you because I know when you went out of that situation right it was kind of hard for you because when you come from that industry and you're trying to find yourself you're trying to heal yourself and everything so knowing like men's can actually be a victim and everything does it actually give you more mm-hmm. power because now you are one of your goal right now is trying to you know help men's actually to raise their voices up. Well, it's, it's not that it gives me power. It's because nothing can do that, really. I just realized that what I was projecting as powerful was actually very harmful towards men. Like the okay. way I was viewing men with this anger and rage, I was, uh, you know, and in society, we celebrate this hatred towards men as female empowerment, but it's not. So I got to give up this false sense of power and, and find the humility of opening my heart. And so I don't... Um, help men open their voice. That's all men. They're doing that. I just stand by men who are, who are speaking up because men are all just standing in their own innate power and uh, don't need me to do anything about that. (laughs) You know, that's, you know, I'm just standing by them in solidarity. Yeah. Have you heard a story about, I think it was Terry, Terry, I forgot his name, one of the actors who have been actually sexually abused in front of his, his wife. Yes. Yeah. And that story was crazy. And people was actually making fun of him. There's a high key mm-hmm. another guy just grabbed you like that. Unbelievable. You don't realize like that guy was actually a powerful guy in Hollywood. So he said to himself, look, I'm a black person. I, hard, so I work so hard to get to this position. Like if I do something wrong right now, I might just lose everything. But at the same time, people, instead of seeing that as, because if it was woman, like if it was like actually a woman, a man actually did that to a woman, the story was going to be different. Exactly. Because we see, exactly. Like, uh, I think like Donald Trump, why he actually, the comment that he was saying throughout the, the woman, when he was saying, grab them, you know, that comment was really, mm-hmm. you know, and the way society took it as well, I was like, wow, that's like, that's, and I'm not saying it's good, but it's very bad. Mm-hmm. But the way people talk about it, and if you're trying to compare both cases, what, what, Trump, what Trump said, and what actually that guy did to, you know, to the actor, you know, like mm-hmm. people reaction to the guy was different because he's a guy and people was actually making fun of him. Like, oh, you know what? Why didn't, how can you let an, another guy actually do that to you? And yeah. at that point, I think men feels more like, we feel more like, you know what? If something happens on that, we don't even gonna try to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very sad. So now, what do you think about the industry? Like where it used to be? Do you think is it, what do you think is it causing that? Is it more like to destroy a woman or is it just people being sick? Oh, it's sex trafficking. There's no such thing as a sex industry. That's all sex trafficking. Oh. It's all sex trafficking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's peddled as, as sex work. But pimping 101 is to leave the pimp feeling like they chose it. Yeah. But it's all sex trafficking. 
but like yeah mixed with like okay like strip club are you gonna class it the same as well that's sex trafficking last time i have a friend I that's sex trafficking people yeah. yeah people go there and they celebrate the strip clubs and i'm like you're just you know and people are like uh, i'm gonna have to get no, that no, I'm, gonna pause. Pause. I'm just gonna pause it now okay sorry so um so you say do you see that like strip club do you see as sex trafficking as well yeah that's all sex trafficking everything that's called the sex industry is all sex trafficking and like I said before, pimping 101 is to leave the pimp feeling like they chose it. There's no such thing as a strip club owner that's a pimp. You know, and so all of these things are being peddled in a society that's, that has no relationship with sexuality. We, you know, all of this stuff is, most of it is highly sex addictive. I'm a sex addict with recovery under my belt and, you know, years of sobriety in it. But a lot of this stuff is a flashy form of sexual avoidance. There's no intimacy there. You can't have intimacy in sex trafficking because it's abuse. It's not possible. But people say, so like, it's my people... body. I can do whatever I want to do with it. That's why like, a lot of people oh, yeah, say. Yeah, sure. I oh, see sure, porn sure. stars saying yeah, the same say thing that. as well. Uh, yeah, I used to say that too. Sure, you got to tell yourself whatever you got to tell yourself to get through it. Yeah. But the reality is... It, that's it's just a bunch of lies it's a lies that are put out there to enroll people in in the covert trafficking and it's lies that we have to tell ourselves to stay in it and allow ourselves to be trafficked so the but the reality is this is all yeah it's all trafficking it's covert trafficking most most of the time people know tra sex trafficking as what i call overt sex trafficking is the one where you know people are pulled off the streets or they're you know they're forced into things but the sex industry uh, so called i call covert sex trafficking because it's a lure it's already put out into society as yeah come come do this this is all you know this is all celebration of sexuality. It's not a celebration of sexuality. People think that in order to be sexually healthy or to be sex positive, you have to go out and have a bunch of meaningless sex. That does not automatically equate to sex positivity. And quite frankly, it's often panic driven, fear driven, and anxiety, you know, it's anxiety driven, and it's an avoidance of sexuality. Most people are out there uh, like super drunk, wasted, and just carry up, have sex, and it's like, it's a it's a rush to for me i know the experience was a rush to hurry up and have sex to just avoid it and being a sex addict it was not something that was i desired it and a lot of people have this confused with sex addicts we don't want to have sex we need to have it it's something completely different it's a craving to the point of harm so a, a lot there's a lot of sex addicts who are in the cope who are readily overtly trafficked because that's the easiest person to prey upon is someone who's dealing with an addiction. But I think they so actually use the disability, if I can call it that way. I think they use the problem to, it's like somebody have a disability, use it to make money of it. They abuse, yeah. I actually abuse yeah, it. It's exploitation. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's exploitation. So these strip club owners are just a bunch, they're like drug dealers, you know? If you're dealing with someone with an addiction and you're trying to keep them in the high so you can exploit them, you know, like a drug dealer would would give heroin to a heroin addict, you know, here's a little bit for free. Okay, now I own you pretty much, you know, so it's, it's, but, it's pretty simple. But do you think somebody actually can stand there and say, you know what, I just want to, I just like the job and I want to do it. Do you think there's such a thing? It's like not a job. 
That's yeah. the thing. It's not a job. But the you thing is now they want to they wanna make you regular. They want actually the government to actually make you more official. I don't know if... Oh, America's God, no. That's, well. Yeah, okay. So then the government can be the new pimp. Okay, that'll work well. Yeah. No, absolutely not. What I What needs to happen is the sex workers need to be decriminalized, not the industry. Because the, the sex workers are the ones who are being trafficked and then they're being put in jail. It's disgusting. And then what's happening is the strip club owners aren't going to jail. They're treated as business owners, right? The, these pimps who are running around, they don't get caught. The escort service owners, they don't get caught. Who gets caught? The person who's out there most. The stripper, the prostitute, there's no such thing as a prostitute, again, covertly trafficked. So all of these women and men and transgender who are being covertly trafficked, they're the ones who are going to jail and who's getting a free ride is those who are pimping them. So legalizing this will do the same thing. It'll actually make it worse. And then you're gonna have the overtly trafficked, they're not gonna be found either. Yeah, but so, the thing is the people, the, the, you know, the, the sex, I mean, the, the people, the sex worker, while working in the industry, they are the one, I think maybe because they don't have the right information, they are the one actually want things to be legal. Maybe the thing, because they feel like they, they, they want to be respect, they want to they wanna have that security, like people to see the job well, as a no normal security. job. They, they, no they, they want to feel yeah, like, no yeah, but some of them, because I see in the UK here is happening, like some of them, they even want like, um, you know, like working in the bank, working to school, they want things to be treated the same way. Because it's, like, it's my body, I choose it's, it. It's I want people to respect. Well, here's the thing. They need to be treated the same way as human beings. Yeah. Yes. But not the industry. And that's a distinction. So the workers need to be criminalized. And yeah. nobody should be shaming these women, men, transgender who are there because they need to be focusing on the pimps, not the workers. Because the, that's, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But the workers need to be decriminalized not the pimps, not the industry. And quite frankly, what happens is it doesn't make it safer. It makes it more dangerous when these things get legalized. If you do a little research on what's going on in the other places that are getting legalized, mm. what happens is it gives, it gives a free run for these pimps. Because now, now everyone thinks that everybody who's there, let's say the people who say they're there want to say they want to be there are saying the truth. I don't believe it, but let's just say, let's go into La La Land and pretend for a second that that's yeah. actually real. Uh, and, and we're not going to look at the underlining issues there. The reality is when that gets legalized, there will be the sex trafficked who are trafficked across from many countries, who yeah. are trafficked across, who are sex slaves, who are brought in, and it doesn't matter what age it is. So people who you know watch porn, you don't know how old that girl is. You really have no freaking way of knowing, first yeah. of all. And who, you know, and so these, you know, they're bringing in women and, and men and boys and transgender who they're, they are ripping away. They are like uh, kidnapping. This is happening. And when something gets legal and they can't get enough legal workers who want to be there, they're going to fill it with sex slaves. This yeah. is what people don't understand. They think, oh, everybody just wants to be there and they love it. No, 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 no. There's a lot of issues going on there. There's a lot of, this is covert trafficking. And a lot of people are there recreating sexual trauma. And so, and then, you know, you get people who are roped in, you get people who are dealing with autism, who are in, who are uh, lured into the porn industry, who are lured into the sex industry as strippers and all this stuff. And it's like, 
it's yeah it's heinous because i know so people need to get educated i know you are focusing more on the industry in terms of like the pimp and everything but today things are changing mm-hmm. okay do you think okay let's say the organization right they change the rule they, th- they makes things a little bit more like easier for the worker are you still gonna be against it i i against just the fact they actually yeah pimping oh you know They're what pimps There's i will thing. absolutely always i will yeah. never support pimping i will never support sex trafficking it's all sex trafficking there's a new the way they word happening. things always gets nicer huh yeah. You know, there's a new way to do things now. Things have changed now because there's a thing that they call um, fan only on, on online right now. Like, uh, it's like you have a profile, like an Instagram profile. Well, what are you going to do? Instead of, because like now when people post picture online, right? You post a picture of certain people, they post like nude and people just see that for free. And now what, what they're doing now, they call it like fan only. So you create a profile. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's so people, not, I think it's, yeah. I think that's, that's horrible. the trick. What I if, think. It's like a shortcut, I think. Yeah, no. So what it is, is it's now, you know, it's whether... The voice is going down. I don't know why. Device. Yeah, that's Zoom. Zoom's oh, it's Zoom. Now. But it's fine. Don't worry. It's yeah. just today. No, yeah, I'll be, I'll be close to a so microphone. Whether, so here's the thing. People being... Uh, this website is still pimping. They're going to yeah. be making money off of these people. Okay? So there is always... This is a pimp. So even when people are like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself. Okay, so even if you traffic yourself, even if you exploit yourself, there is always someone that is going to profit off of it. And even if not, the danger that, are, that that person is putting themselves in, and a lot of people do these things at a whim, and they don't realize what they're actually doing. And there's a lot of people who need support to move through trauma. Now, here's a site where this there's more accessible more people can expose themselves and re-traumatize themselves and create even deeper like pain and more wounds. And now everybody can do it and it's okay. It's not okay. And that's the problem. And people think this is sexuality. It's not. It's an avoidance of sexuality. It's an avoidance of intimacy. It's an avoidance of actually being present with sex. Just throwing oneself out there and seeing what happens also is very traumatizing and can be re-traumatizing for people who have had trauma as well. And so what it does is it's just like, oh, you know, people treat it like, oh, I just want to check it out. I'm, I'm being empowered because I'm doing it myself. There's nothing empowering about violating one's own boundaries too, because we can violate our own boundaries. And what that does is we're, it's a dangerous downward spiral because it's not going to stop at that website. And it's a gateway to be pimped. It's a gateway to get into, to be covertly trafficked or overtly trafficked. There is nothing benign about this. And it's always sold with the best speakers and the best gaslighting and the best like, you know, word, like just word games that are out there. But I know the reality of this and many, the most, you know, a lot of people who have been in the industry know the reality of this, just because there's something new and flashy doesn't make it different. It's not, it's just a new technology, but it's the same thing. Yeah. I, f- I think that's what they're trying to do now because now you, you don't have to see the pin. You just stay on your room and then do what you have to do. Of course you have your online account and you take your money and then of course you're going to be a pimp somewhere else getting the money. Yeah, as it's well. porn. Yeah, it's exactly porn. Same, Pornography yeah. is exploitation. So it's still putting people, it's dehumanizing and it creates this, this it, it perpetuates the society of dehumanization and exploitation because that's what it is. Anyone who goes to these things is using that person to just, just get off. 
And it's just exploiting and dehumanizing. So what it creates is this pattern in that person's mind. Okay, I can dehumanize this person. And that perpetu that spreads out throughout their whole life. And that's, and it's very easy to, and, and all of the sex addicts that are going to have ease of access to this, even people who may not even know they're sex addicts, you know? And so what it's going to do is just continue to perpetuate a disease. It does not support anybody. It does not heal anybody. It does not help anybody. It is not healthy sexuality. It is the avoidance of healthy sexuality. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, this is the way to be sexual. This is how pornified our society has become that people think that porn is the norm. That's really dangerous because we are perpetuating the, the entitlement to dehumanize each other. Oh, I'm just going to go watch that guy or I'm going to pay for that guy. He's my, you know, it's just completely dehumanizing or I'm going to pay for that woman or I'm going to watch that woman. It doesn't stop there. And I tell you that stuff continues and perpetuates and it escalates. It always starts somewhere. I mean, already starting with porn, that's exploitation. That's that's already down in the rabbit hole, but it gets worse because that will never be enough. Then the person will be chasing the next high and the next high or just perpetually numbing out. And unfortunately, people don't get the, uh, we've become so desensitized that we don't get the reality of exploitation and dehumanization as enough of a reason to stop. But there are psychological and physiological effects to this too. Porn is known to create erectile dysfunction very young age from men. So there, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And all it does is create divide. Because people think what they see and it doesn't connect someone real. with their own sexuality. I, th I think like, I think it creates like a lot of frustration as well because for people that watch it and they expect maybe because mm -hmm. it's a movie, right? It's like yeah. they have to call the addict sure. and they expect things to be the way it's in the movie. And when they actually, you know, have sex yeah. with the partner and when it doesn't happen that way, even if you know it's a movie, but like when it comes to porn, somehow people think like they know it's a movie, but somehow right. they feel like you should feel that way. You should go that crazy and everything. And right. I think it creates a lot of, you know, I think people can become nervous as well because you want to have like sex with somebody, you're going to feel like, oh, I hope I'm going to be as good as the person I saw on TV yesterday because you right. know, like that's what a person expects from you. Mm -hmm. So I think. Yeah, yeah, and it kills creativity. People incorrectly think that porn is going to juice up their sexuality. No, it's going to kill the sexuality. So what do you think because should juice up the nothing... sexuality? If people want to juice up. There is. Like, there's not, yeah, there is nothing. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing else that's needed besides presence and love. That's it. And people have stopped trusting themselves because people are like, we have these porn. Now you have this site. Go, go, go exploit yourself. That'll be fine. Who cares if you regret it down the line too? Because once it's on the internet, it's, it, that's it for life. You, there's nothing you can do about it. And so um, go exploit yourself. Go, you know, uh, hurt yourself that way. It, it's self-harm too. And that's someone's getting off on someone else's self-harm. That's so twisted. So on top of it, um, so like a lot of people think that they have to do more and bigger and bigger. But what this does with the porn, with websites like that, go exploit yourself, what it does is it treats people like they're just this object on a conveyor belt and everybody's the same. So if you learn one thing in porn, that's going to be great for everybody. No, and it takes away the presence. So every time sex is, is the first time every single time. 
because you've never had sex with that individual. You may have had sex with other people, but you've never had sex with that individual. So it's the first time every time. And so when people get addicted to porn, it takes that away because it, 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 it creates this blinders like, uh, you are the same. We're going to, this is going to, we have uniform sex. <laughs> it's like, no, the sexual experience with that human being, it, it expands and it has a safe container because sexuality is a huge energy. Yeah. So with a safe container of trust, respect, love, tenderness, and which all happens outside of the bedroom first, with that safe container, there is nothing more powerful than the, the connection between these two people when they actually are ready to have that experience with each other. And there's nothing more mind blowing than it. But the thing is, porn is actually mind numbing. And it, and it presents itself as mind blowing. It's not, it's the most boring thing in the freaking world. And I tell you, as someone who's been in this so-called industry, I was a dominatrix, I was a stripper, I was a prostitute. I was in all of these worlds. And there is nothing more powerful than presence and love, nothing. And I, like I tell, you know, BDSM is abuse period, but again, another conversation. Yeah. And it's also, I find it just boring. I, I, I got to a point where I found it boring because the, the, all of the mech, mechanics of BDSM and all of these like, oh, and, and people get, think that fantasy is the way to have a healthy sexuality because we've been so numbed out to the present. But the reality is there is no fantasy that can touch the presence between a partner and the two partners. When two people have that presence and have that depth of love and trust, there is nothing, no fantasy, no frills, nothing can touch it. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't believe that's true because they become so pornified. They become such instant gratification. You know, we become a very addicted society. I don't know if we become, we've always been addicted society, but we celebrate addictions in our society. So it's, I want to be happy. I want to feel good. That's the addict drive. The, the, the desire for joy, that's deeper than feeling good. You know, the desire for connection and intimacy, no, that's, very that's deep, deeper than, yeah. And, and people, like slowing down we don't need more we don't need more like porn these websites is you need more you need more no we need less and less does not mean that there's lacking less means less outside noise and a bigger like wider presence with the person that we're with and then you get to actually discover who that person is because you've never met anybody like there's impossible Every single person on this planet is completely unique. But I think that's why people are kind of stuck as well, because when it comes to sexuality, because I know there was women and men's as well, because they don't know if what they're doing is good enough for the partner. They don't know if they have to move this way or if they have to stop, or they, they just get confused because the thing that they see in a movie, they expect to be the same. So they cannot really be themselves at the same time. Sure. They and they get stuck in their head. And, yeah. Well, and people aren't connected with their body. If, if people are thinking, oh, is this good enough? Or is it, then get the hell out of your head. <laughs> Be present. People who are so stuck in, ah, I, I have to finish these mechanics to make it right. That's, throw that out. Being present, like when people are absolutely present with each other, they're not in their head. They're present with their partner. And they're connected with their bodies. And they're, you know, a simple touch across a hand can feel like pure ecstasy. 
when you're soup, you're actually present. If someone is thinking, I don't know if I'm doing it right, they're too in their head and they're not present. Yeah. So it's that presence that brings something that people are missing. They have no clue what they're missing because they're trying to conform. Porn is about conformity. People think that it's about rebellion and doing, no, it's not. It's the same old freaking moves in different positions. Everybody's, you know, it, it's been done a billion times, but it's not what sex is about. So I'm not interested in conforming sexually. So porn, I mean, of course it's exploitation. I want nothing to do with that to begin with, but even just how it's paraded as, how it's sold as, it's a form. It's like, oh, it's so flashy. Oh, you're sexually free. No, you're not. You're sexually robotic. Yeah. Because it's not like they just have sex and they be recorded. There's a lot of things, you know, they have to fake it. They have to pretend it. There's a lot of things. And at the same time, so what is your view when it comes, because I know like you're against it, but when it comes to sex toy, are you, do you have the same view as well? Because, or do you feel like? Well, I think that's personal for each person. That I don't, I don't speak on because I think that's really personal to each person and each person's body and, and each person's needs. Okay. So that's, that's, that's really an individual so, so coming, coming back to men's, so now I, just, I actually understand like the way, but now we have a movement, what we call Me Too. So what is your view when it comes to the connection? Because I know like Me Too is like, uh, it's very giving a lot of power to women, you know, to, mom, to women who have been abused. And I believe when it first started, it was, uh, it was actually a good thing for women to actually stand, you know, against the, all the abused. But now we come to the point that there's a lot of things going on i don't know if you you see things the same way as well there's a lot of corruption as well so there's a lot of men as well who feel like they are being the victim of the same organization as well i don't know maybe because the organization is not standing for men as well it should stand just for all victim you know because instead they are standing Mm -hmm. just for women what do you think about them Right. So I fully support me too. I think it's fantastic. And there will always be corruption in anything, but I don't think that takes away from what me too is doing. Um, So there will always be people, there will always be criminals who find a way to misuse a movement. That's, that's the unfortunate part of humanity. So I think that uh, is something to be addressed, but there is a reality between there's, there's false allegations, but there's two parts of it there's uh, false allegations where there's trauma and someone's just not going to remember correctly. So nothing's perfect. No system is perfect. So that can happen. That can accidentally happen where people accidentally pick the wrong person out of, you know, the lineup or they remember incorrectly. That's trauma. That's, you know, it's unavoidable because there's nothing, you know, but then there's malicious false allegations though that are, that, that is very clearly, nothing happened and the person was either angry at someone or tried to control them or is a form of abuse that needs to be addressed when that's shown clearly because there are there are women who have been like yeah i didn't i think that none of that was real um and the justice system is starting to pay attention to that i think i think someone was i don't know if, if i think it's nice too easy how that it's, works, but, it's very too easy to accuse somebody like because like to, today, two people can actually, you know, they decide to, 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 to go somewhere in a hotel to have sex. And the day after, a woman can just say, you know what? He sexually abused me. Mm-hmm. And the people actually... Well, everybody needs to slow... Yeah, and everybody that, needs that's, to that's, slow that's down. Because comes... to be honest with you, men, right. I'm not going to lie to you, a lot of men now, they're kind of scared as well now to even to be with a woman. You, be, you feel like, especially people who have a lot of money as well, or just like general people as well. Now they kind of feel certain type of way, like, you know what? Okay, you want it maybe, but I don't know if 
what's going to happen tomorrow if, as you say, about blackmail or anything like that. That's, that's what I think mm-hmm. people start feeling more. We don't know if you have to have a contract or not right. before you see somebody just have to sign. And yeah. Right. Well, the reality is women have been feeling that fear for a very long time. So it's, there, there needs to be a balance in that viewpoint because now women are finally starting to feel safe and that's yeah. important. And, and so, you know, there may be some men who are, are concerned, but that doesn't outweigh how women are finally getting a voice to feel safe and to be heard and to be uh, actually believed when they say that because for centuries that has not been the case. Mm-hmm. So finally, the Me Too uh, movement is bringing up the space where women can say, this happened and there be a listening for it. Now that's, you know, when people get like very worried when like, oh, just believe her. And it's like, yeah, we need to, we need to believe if a woman comes forward and says, this happened to me, we need to believe it. And then you go through the process of seeing what happened, you know? So it's important to believe and then check, right? We can't just go from believe to imprisonment, but believe and then check. So, um, but that is important. And as far as those men who are afraid, I mean, slow down. You know, we all need to slow down. Sexually, uh, everybody needs to slow down. It's like, and I, you know, sure, there will be, there's the reality that there are some people who are just corrupt. But to think that every single woman is that is not the case. Unfortunately, we can't guarantee who's the next person we're going to meet, right? We can't life, if life were perfect, we'd be able to, no matter what, tell. But slowing down does help. Um, Now, this is something that Black men have had been dealing with for centuries and have more of an issue because of racism. And I've, you know, I've seen, you know, how uh, there have been racists who have tried to ruin Black men with false allegations. So Black men have to be very careful uh, right now because, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, um, because I think and, we feel yeah. like we are exposed and there is no really... Sure. Yeah, that's that's the thing, the scary right. thing. Well, and historically, because, right. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Historically, that's, that's right. You know, I mean, I've seen, uh, there's an article on, um, there's a, I think it was a college couple who he was black and his girlfriend was white and they were enjoying their time and then someone else claimed that she was white because he was black even though and even though his girlfriend said no that did not happen that man still had to go through hell because he was black yeah you know so that's a whole nother level and that's something that's been going on for centuries that white men i mean that black men have had to deal with um with these false allegations that's a whole nother level where white women have been very dangerous uh, in that level. But again, it's, it's, it's not an overview, of course, you know, but I'm talking about, you know, we're talking about Karens now, um, yeah. you know, those who are very corrupt, you know, yeah. and so unfortunately, we cannot say who's going to be corrupt and who isn't. I, I really wish there was a 100% way, but slowing down is going to be make a massive difference. And I think what's really important in that is um, we have a lot of conversations about male sexuality, um, but you know, it's often diminishing, you know, or, or it's either objectifying or diminishing male sexuality. Um, but male sexuality is beautiful and healthy and, and, you know, of course, like anything, whatever there's, there's variations, but in the ownership of the beauty of male sexuality, I, I think we're going to see things changing too. 
you know, as you know, I, I see men, more and more men kind of owning their sexual power, owning their sexual, what I mean by sexual power is like sexual sovereignty. Like, yeah, my sexuality matters too. My sexuality is valuable too. Yeah, but and I think I society, society see men as more like aggressive when it comes to society. Oh, you guys love sex. You're always horny. you always like, that's, that's how society actually see men. Maybe, right. I know. let's say if it's in our nature, because I know there's a lot of men, I don't know, because maybe we express, I, I believe women are the same, but the thing is we express in a different way mm-hmm. because women's always more reserved. And when somebody actually come to you and you open up more, when you know the person, you open more. But if you if you, you want to be wild, you can just be wild, you know, the way you want to be. With men, it's different. We are more like sometimes even if you don't know the person, you still, you're just going to show how crazy you are, or, you know, your need and everything. I think that's kind of the difference because we show that a lot. But you kind of backfire us as well because the way society see us, like, they always see men as, you know, like, they love sex. They always after sex all the time. Right. Well, that's a gaslighting tactic, though. Okay. Because this is the way that society men to violate men and to exploit men. Yeah. Uh, Because men are being sexually exploited as well. And this is a way that we have actually, this is so ingrained. It's it's systematic. Uh, The way we tell men, oh, you guys just want sex. And quite frankly, women have become very overt with their sexual expression these um, days. Like I, the more I grew up, the more I realized I was like, I didn't know it was that way. I think they even, yeah, I would say it's it's about the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's about the same out there right now, or yeah, maybe even more now because there's more permission for women to. Um, But the reality is when men speak up, like, the autonomy of men is often dismissed. Yeah. You know, we're, we're telling, uh, you know, like I've seen even through the Me Too thing, right? I saw, I don't even remember what show it was, some morning show and there was these two women. This was during the midst of Me Too and they were on a beach or something and there was these topless men and they were rubbing their hands all over these guys. They didn't ask for consent. They, they, just, they just assumed they just took over his body because of this gaslighting conversation. Oh, all men just want sex anyway. So it's, it's very violating. And it gives permission for women to be violating towards men's bodies and say and, and are, are saying like, oh, well, he wanted it anyway. That's a lot like she asked for it. You know what I mean? So we have that conversation. It's been aimed towards men for a long time. And now it's time to really debunk that. Because what happens is, we are not listening to men's consent. When we gaslight men and tell men, all you ever want is sex anyway, so I'm gonna do whatever I want to you, that's rape. And then that's gaslighting men who are raped. So that's, that's a very dangerous gaslighting tactic. And when men speak up to it, they're shamed by it. And they're like, oh yeah, you really didn't want it, whatever, you were a man. You know, and this is what happens when men start to speak up about being raped. They're shamed by this gaslighting tactic and silenced by this gaslighting tactic. And people are like, oh, well, you just wanted it anyway. Yeah, because I remember something that's, happened to me before. That's horrifying. Uh, something happened to me before, sorry to call you. I was in the workplace and I went to the gym and because people know like I train a lot. And then one of the people was, I said there is a group of, you know, woman was there not just young girl like you know like mature woman they was talking and then one of them was oh you know what uh, i heard like you go in the gym and everything i was i was actually in the workplace 
And I was like, yeah, I go. She's like, oh, can you just take off your shirt? And just show us the body. I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know what? That's sexual it, harassment. It, yeah. The, that's the thing. Because if it's in a gym or, you know, environment, it's like, okay, if it's in a gym, like, it's different vibe. Or, like, if you go to, I would say to people, if you go to the beach now, you're going to see people wearing, like, you know, bikini. But if somebody working, wearing a bikini in the, you know, in the beach, it's fine. But if somebody's right. wearing a bikini, like, right. uh, I don't know, in the library, that's crazy. Right. You, you, the view is going to be yeah. different, right? And I was like, sure. whoa, mm -hmm. like, that's a workplace. And I said, to, I said to the person, you know what? What about if I tell you the same thing? What's going to happen? If I tell you, like, can right. you just take off your top because I want to see your breast? Because I have right. really good. So what's going to happen? Good for you. Right. And, she's, I was like, and I said, I'm like, no, you know what? This is the problem. We all talk about equality, but this is, mm -hmm. this is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of right. sexual. sexual. I, I'm even struggling to say that because the way things are set up. It's sexual harassment. You don't see things that way. And I believe. That was sexual harassment. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's what I see. And that's the kind of thing I struggle. And the thing is, there's all the things as well that happen. And I have one of my friends as well. What happened is he was, I think he was in the workplace. He told me. It was working with like, um, I think he went out with, uh, you have a lot of friends. It was like, well, I know the guy was gay. And what happened is the gay guy always come across like to, to, to straight guys and just come forward like, you know, oh, touchy, touchy, things like that. And us, like people are straight. There's another thing, another frustration that people don't understand. People are straight. When you see like a gay person come to you and act that way, we don't know how to defend ourselves at the same time. You see what I mean? And that's, I think people don't, the society don't think about straight guys like that because right now, men's, as you say, like you care about men's everything, but like straight men right now, I think they are the one, the most frustrated like right now because we feel sometimes like if you have a gay person going to talk to you, sometimes they talk sexually because they feel like they have to express themselves that way. But when it comes to us, when we receive it, we just get confused and we don't know how to. Because if you respond the same way, you're going to come across as homophobic. And you know, like, that's really bad. Right. Well, there's another like, way. Yeah, there's another way of expressing it. All, it's just setting a boundary, regardless of who it is, whether it's a woman, a man, yeah. or anybody. It's just setting a boundary and just saying, you know, that, that really doesn't make me comfortable. You know, it makes me uncomfortable, you know please respect my boundaries. That's all, you know, and, and that's, that's not being homophobic. That's just sharing a boundary and saying, you know, this is, this feels very uncomfortable for me, you know, please respect that. So, you know, it doesn't, there's, because that, I think that, that's often, a good thing because that sometimes when uh, it happened to me before as well, but sometimes when it happened to me, I actually understand the way women feel. Cause I think this is the mm -hmm. only time right. that men's, men can actually understand mm -hmm. how women feel if you right. because you guys can explain yeah. us the way we want to explain but we don't want to get it the way you get it we always going to feel like because we look good and right. you have to be attracted by us you know like this is kind of thing so mm -hmm. yeah right yeah and it's all really i think this is the first time i think ever in society we're looking at consent this way in such a deep way so it's really a learning um but as far as like the me too yes i i, I believe like when i talk about male survivors i i say me too survivors as well and i do think that that's important that you know but there's also there's an also movement called or or is a hashtag anyway uh called men too 
So when I see, when I say me too, I also say men too, though I do believe me too should encompass men as well. And I, and I think like I treat it as though it does. Um, though I was, uh, yeah, I, I saw how when men were speaking up in the Me Too conversation, there was a pushback for male survivors speaking up at first. And I, I did see that more and more people were trying to shift that. I, I really don't know where that movement's at at this point. But for me personally, I see men as Me Too survivors as well. And as an added, I also say men too, because you know, not everybody gets, you know, it's not a common conversation that men are being included in that. So I think movements are important because they do what they need to do. And if that's focusing on women, okay, but I, I do think that we need to have a conversation that focuses on men then as well. And so creating the conversation of men too, um, because we all are in this together as survivors. And I, I learned that as I began my journey, you know, and men shouldn't be afraid to say no, you know, and if someone and someone is afraid, if a man is afraid, like, oh, I don't know if, about this position, better safe than sorry. You know, if you if just better safe than sorry is the, you know, but yeah. I, I think again, it's, the young it's all such because, a unique situations. Because I see a lot of cases online when you see a post of, I think there's a lot of posts where the teacher, she's like, she's 30. And the student is like mm. 15 and they actually had sex. And what happened is you were on the news because they went to the court and everything because he'd been raped. And then when you see the yeah. comment online, people are like, oh my God, even men, they're like, oh, I wish that was me. How can you like, yeah. she look good, everything like, come on, how can you just go and report it? Like, does not make any sense? You know, I wish I could be raped by somebody like that. And that's actually... Typically, that's the way men think sometimes, but I think I believe it's maybe sure. society actually the way. Yeah, are. well, that's the thing. They tell us to not. We've say imprinted that. Yeah, yeah, we've imprinted that on men. Do we have imprinted we feel, that on men. So maybe is, do you think it's not because maybe we feel like we are powerful, even at a young age, when you being a, a man, you mm -hmm. feel like even if you are fourteen, she's mm -hmm. thirty. And if you sleep with her, you always, you, you're going to feel on power because you're going to feel that because I'm a man, I can actually, you know, sleep with somebody who's actually older than me or in, in that sense, because I don't get it. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's not about, it's not about the boy. He's being coerced. Yeah. It's not about the boy. It's about the pedophile. Cause let, yeah. let's call her what she is. She's a yeah. pedophile. That's what it is. And so we need to use those real languages. She didn't have sex with him and he didn't have sex with her. She yeah. raped him. Yeah. And so anything she did was grooming yeah. and anything she did was, was coercion and grooming. So any, any things that she placed in his head and society's not helping that at all, because exactly we have ingrained in males that, Oh, this is sex. I watched some movies that were very, you know, like from the eighties and I'm like, Ugh. you know, like there's a lot of, if you look back and you see some of this music too, hmm. it is, very laden with this it's very laden with this kind of like pushing that conversation that oh a man should feel grateful to a boy should feel grateful to be raped and that's that's the twistedness that silences so when you see men who are saying this it's because they've been told this you know that they've been told that this is what you know oh and and who knows if maybe some of them were survivors too but they were told that this they shouldn't 
feel bad about it. Yeah. They should have liked being raped. You know, so we got We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go still. Yeah, I we, think, we've uh, come. You know, I think things. I hope things gonna start changing. So when you heard about celebrating men, what do you define by that? Yeah, so for me personally, it's being present with men, being present with men as an individual. But for me, it's healing my relationship and my viewpoint of men in general. And what I mean by that is I had projected my pain onto men for years, my unmet pain, because I hadn't taken the time to, you know, I hadn't had therapy, I hadn't had all of these healing processes. So I didn't even know, it wasn't really fully conscious, but I had projected. I mean, I knew what I was doing as far as like my hatred, but it, the root of it was not conscious for me. So uh, I had projected all of this onto men. So I got to heal my perception of men by challenging how I viewed men and celebrating men for me is just celebrating the very being of men. So it's like, rather than project all of this you know, hatred and everything, get out of that dark fantasy and get present to the reality that you know, we talk about all of the, the things that men have done throughout history that was harmful, but there's also the reality that men have done beautiful things since the beginning of history. So my conversation is bringing that forward and men are just beautiful simply in being. Like we look at women in a certain way, in general, of course there's gonna be people who hate women, but in general, as a society, we look at women in a beautiful way. We assume innocence often to the point where it gets a little toxic honestly because then we hide the female criminal but we often that's how we perceive women we the way i see celebrating men is we need to see that in men as well we innocent until proven guilty because right now we are projecting maleness as criminality and that's a conversation we're projecting onto men and i believe that's toxic i believe it's gaslighting and it keeps men when men speak up Men are shamed as if, how dare you say that you are not what we're telling you you are. Yeah. And so in celebrating and loving and celebrating men, I, and I talk about and I am present to the love of who men are because men are love. And we have this conversation where we just very one-sided conversation where it's not the full conversation of men. Therefore, to me, it's just a fantasy. If we're going to get into reality, we have to have the full conversation of men, which includes the love and celebration of men and the beauty that men are, including the beauty of masculinity. That's a very good thing. Because we, we don't hear that much. That's why men's even complain. We complain about even Father Day or Woman, I think there's a Woman Day, there's no really like uh, Men Day or anything like that. We always feel like there's a lot of imbalance. When oh, there is November 19th. Yeah. Is International Men's Day. Yeah, but it's not really as, I mean, they, they don't, they don't, right. we don't really talk about it. I think because we, we as a man, we feel like we don't have to be celebrated. I think we feel like the only thing that matters mm -hmm. to us is just money. If you have money, that's when society mm -hmm. kind of going to accept you. Do you think it's well, not that's like, based? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. Sorry. That's based on our objectification of men more. Yeah. Men are objectific uh, objectified financially as well as physically, emotionally, psychologically. You know, so women have, we are sexually objectified, men are sexually objectified. But the one who's mostly, sex um, mostly objectified financially is men. And that's based on how society has projected that onto men. And it's like the extreme form of the protector, right? So we have this conversation in general throughout, throughout centuries, we've treated men 
as the protector and men have been the protector in general, just speaking in general terms. And so, but unfortunately what's happened is there's kind of become this, where it becomes toxic is when there's an entitlement to this energy from men. And so that, because of that entitlement there, where it got warped along the way, but there's that entitlement from this energy from men. So men have felt that put, you know, not again, a general term. So, <laughs> you know, probably yeah, crucified yeah. for this, uh, but in general terms, um, when men are, are like, okay, focusing on this because men have been seen as a protector who has to provide for the family, you know, who in order as part of, as being a man or as part of the worth of being a man, I have to provide, I have to do all these things. There's so a lot of pressure to be honest with you. There's yeah. a lot of pressure when it comes to that because sometimes like, mm-hmm. um, because of all this pandemic happening, right? Like people are losing their job, everything. But as a man, you still have to feel like you have to be the one. Because like now, um, I had my friend actually told me that like, the other day, like, oh, you know what? I might lose my job. My, my wife just got a new job, but my job is on the line. And the wife tell him, like, you know what? It's fine. I just got a new job. It's going to be fine. But for him, he, mm-hmm. you know, what she don't understand is it doesn't matter if she got a job. Even if she can't provide for the house, she can't pay all the bills. That doesn't matter because in his head, he's always going to feel small and he's, he's going to feel like he doesn't have any... I don't know. He, he doesn't have any value. He, he just like, he doesn't worth anything. And that's how us as a man, we see things. Because mm. we, we actually, mm-hmm. we, we, I mean, we, we put our value based on the money on what we have. If there is no money, there is no resources, there's no protection. We feel like we don't have no worth. Mm. So. Right. So yeah. that's. I can hear that. I can really yeah. hear that. And I think as we're, you know, things are changing a lot. So I think that, you know, men can get support through that. Like when that does come up, um, because like, uh, that's part of the conversation for what I talk about too, and loving and celebrating men, not so not loving and celebrating men just for what men do, but loving and celebrating men in being, because I don't believe we put a lot of focus on loving and celebrating men simply in being. It's often projected as what can men do? Oh, look what this man did. Look how this man did this, that, which is great. We got to celebrate that too. But I like want to talk a lot about loving and celebrating men simply in being, because we do that with women. We see women, women are being simply enough. And that's, that's a beautiful way because that's been projected on from men's view, right? Women are whole and complete and beautiful just as being themselves. So I believe that we need to expand that conversation to be inclusive of men, the loving and celebrating men simply in being. So there's this less like projection that men have to work for love or do for love, or if, if men are not in a certain type of action, then they can't possibly be loved. So to me, that, that loving and celebrating men simply in being is so, like I, I believe it's, it's such an important thing for us to expand into. Yeah. I think I completely agree with that. Um, so what do you think, what can you say to men do they feel like they kind of, they kind of struggle to express themselves or to, if they kind of feel frustrated, like they don't know how to share their story or if they feel abused, what do you think is mm-hmm. the best way to kind of express themselves for you like to have been to, you know, to this kind of thing before? So what do you think as like based on the, the way you actually know men, like right now you discover men, what do you think they mm-hmm. should do? How do you think they should act like? 
Sure. So for me, what I've learned is I can't possibly have the answer to that as a woman. In my experience, men are finding that with each other, like in the, the brotherhood between men. So like I've seen men be able to find that space to be able to speak in connecting with each other. So the more men are connecting with each other, men are creating that space and, and enabling that space with each other. Um, because as a woman, I, I think it gets unhealthy if I try to tell, say how that should look for men. So in the connection, what I've seen men do is find that in connection with each other, with the brotherhood of each other. Yeah. But sometimes the only thing with that is when we, exp when we, there's another thing, when we have issues like that, we can't talk to, like, if today I have some issue that I can't talk to you as a woman. But sometimes mm -hmm. to talk to another man, you have to make sure you cannot just talk to a random guy because sometimes you're going to come across as right. weak, as a weak person. No, sure. You got to find your tribe. Yeah. You got to find that brotherhood find that the, really yeah. gels, Connect, that yeah. gels with you. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I've seen. And as I've seen men like grow together and um, refinding that, that brotherhood, because as society, we've killed off a lot of male only spaces to, to the detriment. I, it, it seems like, um, but men are finding each other again and creating that connection and that brotherhood and finding that, that brotherhood tribe where they can just let loose and, and do what they need to do and, and express with each other. So in my experience, just watching other men, it's been men finding that, that right brotherhood for themselves, that beautiful brotherhood and, and connection. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Is there anything else that you want to mm -hmm. add about it anything yeah. that i feel like yes. you feel like i didn't actually go through sorry because i know the thing is is a deep no, wait, it's, it's, it, no it's a deep conversation and then the thing is uh I'll, we start talking about men's and then we move to talk about you know the second just <laughs> everything because right. that's the thing about you because last time when i spoke to you i was like wow there's a lot of things that she knows and then it's easy just to go all over the place you know like so there's anything right. else that <laughs> you you want to add in terms of like anything like based on this subject that maybe, sure. maybe i didn't go through maybe something well i think you did great it was very do. thorough um, yeah. but yeah I, I could always i can always add more things yeah, that's <laughs> so the thing. it's not a lack on your every time i talk to you um, i feel like i, I feel like i'm not because when i talk to other people i always feel like i'm done but like with you i feel like there's there's always something to to say because i think it's a deep <laughs> conversation though it's very mm -hmm. so yeah, thank um, you yeah go ahead yeah, sure. So for me, if anyone is struggling, whether you're a woman or whether you're a man or a transgender and anybody, regardless of gender, struggling with their perception of men, for me, it began with my self-love journey and being gentle with myself yeah. and starting to begin to heal and start the process. I mean, therapy has been integral for me. I still go to therapy. I think it's fantastic. Uh, therapy has been integral for me. Uh, connection. I... I, you know, finding fellowship for me, finding a 12-step program because I realized I was an addict and finding 12-step programs because I'm rainbow of addictions, <laughs> um, oh. but finding that fellowship and, and challenging myself. Because one of the things I say is when your shadow is celebrated in society, like my hatred of men, which is, it's so repulsive. I hate saying that, but that's the truth. And I have to be real about it. Mm. And it's embarrassing to say, but I did hate men. And so that was my shadow that was completely celebrated in society. And, and we live in a society that celebrates the shaming of men. So when, when your shadow is celebrated, you got to work even harder.
harder to break through it because otherwise it's, I mean, it was celebrated everywhere I went. So it was a real challenge to challenge myself to not go through that norm and to find a better way because loving and celebrating men is begins with loving and celebrating myself. So loving and celebrating men is an extension of my self-love. Oh, okay. Now I see the connection because I was going to go to self-love. <laughs> okay. Because now I can see the connection. Oh yeah. So that's what you mean by self-love. That's what was, that was the next question I was going to ask you. That's what you mean by self-love. So to love yourself is actually to, to love kind of, to love others as well, to accept others for who they are. That's, that's, that's yes, what you define by. Begin within. Yeah. So the, the outward expression has to begin within, or it's just an avoidance. If I had no healing, I could just put on a mask of loving and celebrating men and be like, yeah, I love and celebrate men. It's easy to say the words, but to live it, to be it, that had to take, that was an inner destruction and reconstruction. You know, that really, I had to break all of my walls down and build myself back up in truth and humility and open heartedness. And that, be, that was a journey that I had with myself. I began to love myself and I was able to be tender with myself and forgive myself because what I was projecting onto men was I was still blaming myself for everything that happened. But as I began to heal and realize it wasn't my fault, I stopped, you know, it just helped me in my entire healing. So do you think like to feel good about yourself, to feel happy about yourself, you have to accept things that happen, but you don't have to blame yourself. But you don't have to blame others right, as well, right. that's what I'm saying. Or do you have to? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like to recognize that it was those people who did it to me, because I also had female perpetrators, so I had to work through that process with women as well. So I had to realize it was those criminals or those people who did it to me, and it wasn't all of men, and it wasn't all of women. You know, like I had to work through that to get so I can expand my life. And once I, that happened to me, I, I just, because I had been living this life of fear, like everywhere, I, I barely wanted to go anywhere. I was terrified. And once I healed that perception, it was like this, I physically felt a weight lift. And I, my access to joy just completely expanded. You know, I, I finally, in the first time in my life, I wake up in the morning joyful. You know, I don't wake up bitter and, you know, depressed or like all this stuff. Like, I, by healing that, I freed myself and I was able to expand my view of love and joy in life. That's beautiful. It's very good. Very nice to know. And I feel like I went through everything today. So I think I've learned a lot when it comes to celebrating men. I think it's something that we should actually do more. I think there's actually less men actually express themselves right now. But I think there's a big issue as well with straight men. That's, I think, I hope people are actually going to raise that because I feel like there is, there is a lot of men that actually we don't express ourselves, especially straight men. Today, we kind of feel frustrated because of the way society is supposed to portray us now. We feel like we are, we don't, we really don't worth anything right now because we are at risk and people don't actually see that, you know, because everyone you talk about it, people, people don't really see things that way, but it's like even the voice, the way you have to raise your voice against something, we just feel like we are kind of left out. So adding with what you're saying as well, it's just like a huge thing right now. But men in general, I think we have a lot of weight that we have on us. And maybe because we, we put too much pressure on us because we feel like we always have to bring something to the table. We have to prove, we have to prove, to prove. And then with all those weights, it's hard for us to just 
relax and then give it to somebody else because really we don't really have anybody else to give it to the weight that we have mm-hmm. and, you know normally we don't really right. talk about our pains or whatever we we have we just take it you know so that's yeah. the thing so thank I you for having that, you yeah. yeah anything you want to add no i said no. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for having you it. today and i really appreciate it. i hope to to have another conversation uh, with you because you. i'm having a subject that I put on a group there i see a lot of people actually was very interesting about it it was about and men actually you know they need emotional support as well they don't just need sex because this is actually one of the truth mm-hmm. as well because the way oh, yeah. people see things they always say like we have the sex and we don't really need that emotional connect connection so i was quite surprised how many people actually get involved when it comes to that so you know. yeah and then I'll, I'll say one last thing uh yeah, dr warren farrell I believe I'm saying his name right. Um, He used to work with the National Organization of Women um, and now he speaks on the, he still supports women's rights, but he also speaks on men's human rights issues and he created the National Coalition for um, Men and Boys. So, um, no, I think I worded that wrong. Anyway, the White House Coalition, okay. I don't remember the wording, sorry. I'll I'll find it. Um, But he's he's been working on creating uh, listening so he said that he, when he was still at the NOW organization, he did a speaking and he asked the men in the audience, he said, how many times have you had sex when all you wanted was a hug? And almost every single man raised his hand. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's definitely the what, the what we project onto men and who men actually are. Yeah. I think it's time we need to stop projecting and start listening. Yeah, that's, and the thing is, when you don't have it, you kind of feel sad, and because women don't get it, because sometimes women you can't have like sex with somebody, and the person think that's all you want, and the person that be like, okay, let's just have it because that's what you want, but sometimes you want it, but it's like you don't want it that way, just to, you know, to finish it. And that's it. Sometimes we 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 want affection as well, but society they feel like mm-hmm. we are not that way. And if for us, it's like, right. yeah. that's where you see a lot of people being unhappy inside. So it's, yeah, let's say I haven't posted the podcast we yeah, did before because I have uh, everything on the line, but I'm definitely going to, as soon as it's ready, I'm really can't wait to share this. For anybody just listening to happy, this episode, make sure if you want to, if you want to know more. Uh, about crystal make sure you get in touch with her i'm gonna put all the link on the description you're gonna have an instagram you're gonna have the facebook website everything if you have like you're gonna know that you're just gonna know more about her have she have a nice podcast as well you guys want to check out if you want to know about self-love and everything to do with love and feelings and you know happiness so make sure you just check it out as well so thank you for having you today and i hope to have you soon thank for you. another episode right and take care yeah, i'll be honored to thank you thanks <laughs>